prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Romans. Um, We have grown so much in your word, Lord. We thank you for Paul, who was faithful to write, Lord. And um, we just ask that um, you would pierce our heart with um, your word, with um, knowledge and wisdom, so we could be more like you, Father. We thank you for everything that you have done. May we grow and edify each other through um, your word. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So chapter 14, I thought was a little hard <laughs> um, because I thought, um, like I was telling the ladies, I was talking to my husband's grandma. Um, she right now is um, in like in her late 80s and is in a hospital bed. And But we go visit her and I was telling her, yeah, I get to teach, but I feel like I have to like scold, like be a mom, like, because, <laughs> you know, it. Paul is saying, you know, don't judge, but I love how Paul ends with um, live in, in love, you know, and, and um, live to edify, too, and and so um, she started laughing, I thought, no, I don't want to scold, I don't want to say, don't do this, <laughs> and so, and I'll start with a little story, um, this story is told of a poor, simple woman who visited an upper-class, sophisticated church. After attending for some time, she applied for church membership. Her application was rejected. She sent a second one a few months later, which was also returned. After a third and fourth, she went to the chairman of the membership committee and said, why are my applications being rejected? Well, he said, you need to go home and pray, answered the chairman, and I think the Lord will show you what the real issues are. A few years later, the chairman saw her scrubbing floors in a hotel lobby and said to her, You haven't made application for membership lately. In fact, I don't think I've seen you in church at all. Tell me, when I sent you home to pray, did God speak to you? And she said, why, yes, answered the woman. He did. He told me not to feel bad about being rejected because he tried to join your church for 20 years (laughs) before he finally gave up. (laughs) I'm like... Embarrassing. No, <laughs> so Giselle would say burn. No, <laughs> but um, but it's true. Um, you know, being rejected, being judged. Um, it's obviously it's not the way we should be. You know, and and we should be loving because the Lord is loving to us and He has forgiven us. And um, well, with the first chapters, the first eleven chapters, we learn who we are, and we are sinners. We, um, um, you know, always, we can fail, right? And um, we are sinners in need of a savior. And so, and Romans teaches about Christ went to the cross, died on the cross, and rose again. And we are thankful and we see what Christ has done for us. And now we want to live in that truth with our lives. Um, chapter 12 deals with primarily with function of our bodies to glorify the Lord. And Romans 12.1 says, Offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And chapter 13 dealt with functioning in society. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority, authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. But Paul points out in chapter 14 how to function with the body, and especially if there is controversy among us, or maybe disagreements, um, within the church family. 
And he urges we must live in harmony with our brothers and sisters. We must learn to stop judging each other. And um, for a long time, I didn't understand what that meant, um, especially when I was a young Christian as a teenager, because teenagers turn to judge each other, you know. And so I thought, well, and I was telling Drew, I thought, well, how can I not judge this person when they're messing up, you know? And they were, my, and that's the truth. I, was, I said that, yes. Yeah. I said that as a teenager. I was not, no. But um, I still love the Lord, but I asked God about this question, about this question. And I asked him, Lord, what do you mean not to judge my fellow Christians? Um, and I, and it took a long time. And the Lord has been, you know, teaching me this because I wanted to desire not to judge anybody. But yet I wanted to be there for my brothers and sisters and, and, you know, and live together and help each other when maybe we fall or maybe we're walking the other way. So I didn't really understand this for a very long time. So he's been, you know, teaching me for years about this. And still I have a lot to learn. Um, within the church family, we have so much to offer each other and learn from each other. The Lord has made us all uniquely different with our own special gifts. We operate in different levels of spirituality, of spiritual maturity, and with different backgrounds, cultures, childhoods, and experiences. We show the love of Christ to each other when we strive to live, worship, fellowship together as one in Christ with others. Therefore, there should be no room um, to judge each other. And sometimes... I mean, we, I think, are born with that nature, right? To kind of, um, when there's something different or someone different, or maybe we don't, can't um, relate to them because we were all, you know, go, went through our own life experiences, we can either, you know, kind of not understand. And maybe it leads to judgment, even when you don't mean to. So, and I've been guilty of that. And so, um I think just like uh, Michelle had pointed out one time that um, to put on kindness and because, you know, we were born with a sinful nature, I think also God is asking us to put on not to be judgmental. Like it's because in our nature, we tend to do that. You know, in our flesh, we can tend to be um, judgmental towards each other. Um, though we are free in Christ, um, and also at chapter 14 talks about our liberties, um, not to misuse our liberties if it will make others stumble. And sacrificing in love for each other, not causing anyone to stumble, not trying to change a fellow believer to conform to your or our opinions. Instead, pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify each other. Having agape love and loving, living for others while living for God, while living in love. Um, while I studied this chapter 14 and I listened to a lot of commentaries, I thought, wow, this is, you know, I'm like, how am I going to say this? Like, don't judge, you know, because they were pretty, um, very stern about it. All commentaries about the effects of maybe someone feeling rejected or what it can do um, to each other, because that's the enemy's work. He wants to divide us, right? And so not to let things like the doubtful things. And so um, let me go back with um, chapter 14 and the history of what was going on. Um, there was a growing conflict in the church of Rome. So that's why um, he talks about, um, you know, there were Jews and Gentile Christian believers among each other, and they were disputing about meat, eating meat, and the days of the Sabbath. 
And so, um, and there was this growing conflict arose between believers over practices regarding meat, food, and the observance of holy days. And why was the meat issue such a big deal around the time? Well, some suggest the issue of meat arose because the Jews that were now Christians were still bound to Levitical tradition of what was and what was not clean. Um, But during the early church, meat was questionable to buying and selling meat in places called shambles. So shambles were open-air markets, which sold the best cuts of meats for the lowest price possible. They were on sale. But their low prices was due to their meat being secondhand, which had already been offered to pagans. So Paul was aware that some of the brothers and sisters in the Roman church were questioning the sincerity of spirituality of others within the family because of these issues, like because they were buying meat. They were put on... So they were putting burdens on the other members of the body, and Paul was concerned, which leads to um, 14.1. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. So Paul makes a plea or for tolerance, not to argue with them on their opinions, on what they think is right or wrong. Uh, when I read this, I thought, okay, you know, I could understand why some some of them didn't want to buy the meat, because they didn't want you know, to do with any other type of idols. They, in their, in their own way, they wanted to, um, they did glorify, wanted to glorify the Lord. But then we have the other Christians, and, and I think it was more like Jewish Christians who were used to or conditioned to the, you know, the traditions of making sure you eat kosher meat. And then the Gentiles that maybe weren't used to that tradition where they were like, no, I'm free. I, I am free because we have Christ in order for me to eat meat. Um, and buy because, you know, we're free from that. But Paul makes a plea for tolerance, not to argue with them on their opinions on what they think is right or wrong. Doubtful things mean, um, means don't pass judgment on disputable material. Instead of arguing, just expect your brother and sister who is weak in the faith. Embrace and enjoy each other without passing judgment that, um, that may be on the things that you don't see eye to eye. But who is weak? Who is the one who is weak in the faith? Um, Romans 14, 2 to 3. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eat, who eats despise him who does not eat, and let him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Um, the, the weaker brother in this case was the one who had a problem with eating meat. Not, the problem wasn't that they were vegetarian. The problem is that the one who was eating vegetarian, this is an example, saying, no, I'm not going to eat any meat, was more the one who seems to be mostly upright in their in their image, you know, in their view of themselves. They're like, well, no, I'm not going to eat that meat. And they felt like they were more, yes, self-righteous on their actions, right, or on their, um, uh, on their choice. So um, the one who is most rigid and disciplined, the one who appears to have the highest standard of conduct, conduct is in this case, which I was kind of surprised, is um, the one who was weaker in faith, the one who was kind of pointing their finger at that person who was eating meat. See, the vegetarians couldn't believe that they were buying meat that could have been possibly worshipped to idols. Like I said, I could understand, and the meat eaters were like, hey, the price is right, it's the best cut meat, you know, why wouldn't I eat, buy that meat, right? Um, and the problem was that the vegetarians, like I said, were looking down on others because they were eating meat, they were being judgmental. And it had nothing to do with Christ, 
It had nothing to do with salvation. It had nothing to do with love. It had everything to do with the choices that that were made that were not worth arguing and creating division or um, making someone um, or pressuring someone or putting the guilt trip that they should have seen, uh, that they should do what they believe is right. And... Um, and the Jews who had now converted to Christians had been keeping the Sabbath and eating special kosher diets were imposing on the Gentile believers. Um, they were conditioned, ingrained, and wanting the Gentiles to take, to take, to conform. So, and I thought about me how when I was younger, I grew up in the Catholic Church. And I was, I felt like at the same time, I understand because I was conformed or conditioned to kind, to kind of look at pork wrong. And I felt, hey, when I don't eat pork, you know, I'm doing good, you know. Or if I don't eat meat on Good Friday, I'm eating fish, I'm doing good, you know. <laughs> and so I could totally understand how those the vegetarians felt, but yet they were weak in the faith because um, they they were just didn't understand that that's not what it's about, you know, with with us and our fam- family in Christ. So, but Paul is saying these issues are doubtful things. No need to argue and cause division. Well, what are doubtful things for us? Um, they are gray areas. Um, one of the commentaries says that, that the black and white areas are the things that you can find in the Bible. Like, you know for sure that, um, God, um, speaks against it. And, um, but, what might be the great areas that can easily divide us? Like we can't find in the Bible if it says if it's right or wrong, but at the same time could lead us um, to maybe choices that are not good for us. For example, like I have heard video games, right? Video games, um, what is good and what is not good for our children? And um, secular or Christian or worship or country music. You know, I have heard that some um, feel and are convicted that they could only hear Christian music, and that's okay. But um, And some others feel like, you know, it's okay to listen to secular music, but when we argue about it, um, I don't think that's showing, and I think that's arguing on doubtful things. Um, Even movies, um, and the commentary did say, like, smoking, and I thought, oh, no, you know, I... When I was young, I did not like when my dad smoked. I did not. And I, and it wasn't even because I felt like, oh, God doesn't want you to smoke. It's because I didn't want him to get sick. And I was really young. And I, and I was 10. And I remember pressuring him. I was not, (laughs) I'm like, dad, you gotta stop every day. And then he finally stopped. And he goes, and now, right now, he's going through, um, he's been going through tumors, like every three months, kind of like going into surgery, but they're getting smaller, so. Um, I'm thankful for that. And the doctor did say, well, because he smoked for many years. And he hasn't smoked for 25 years, and yet still it came. But he tells me, I'm so thankful because I did stop for you, you know. And, I, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Dad. <laughs> so, but even though, even if you have a Christian that smokes, we shouldn't make them feel bad, even though you're convicted that it's not the right thing to do. Um, what to wear to church, that was one of the things. Jeans or dresses. You know, I know um, Christians, I know um, good ladies that have said, oh, when back in my days, <laughs> we wouldn't wear jeans to church, and uh, we would only wear dresses, and they felt convicted that's the way, to, and even me sometimes, um, when I first started coming here, it was 
Um, my, this is, you know, I became a Christian when I married my husband, and um, because I was Catholic, and but then, um, then I went through a, a prodigal child stage, you can say, and then I met my husband. The Lord had put had told me um, that I was going to marry a Christian husband, and so when I came here, I'm like, oh, everybody wears flip flip flops, <laughs> you know, jeans, and I'm used to like dresses and and. Um, I was stumbling in the faith because I didn't get it. Like, come as you are. You know, Jesus doesn't, those things, he cares about our heart and our salvation. You know, he doesn't worry about if we, if the pastor has chucks on, you know, or if the pastor has jeans on, you know, or not a suit or whatever it is, you know, and, and it's okay. T-shirt, jeans, you know, it's fine. Dresses is cool too. So I could totally relate. You hear Christians, um, arguing in controversy about Halloween. And um, Christmas and Christmas trees. I've heard that too. And um, Santa. And and then one big, huge controversy. And this is from all the commentaries that I heard. You know, um, one pieces and bikinis and a glass of wine and champagne. Um, these are things that, yes, I can say they can make others, you know, um, it could lead you to a wrong, you know, if you start drinking alcohol, even if it's one glass, hey, it can become more. And then, you know, and if you have, a, if your family has a history of alcoholism, that, that's the danger. But let's say that as Christians, me and my sister, and then, you know, let's say I'm at her house and we're having dinner and I'm so, I'm not saying that I am, but I'm so convicted that I am not going to drink a glass of wine and then she pulls it out, I can't go and tell her, you're in the wrong all of a sudden, you know, or look down on her, because God is asking us not to do that, um, even though those things can lead others astray. And um, these are gray, doubtful things. What you think is wrong, wrong might be right for another. Um, for example, I have a um, me and my husband. I tend and. To judge my husband. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. <laughs> but I tend to judge my husband, and I apologize. <laughs> and this lesson this week, oh, last week was, you know, we got into a little, not fight, but little, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Lord's like, you are judging again. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then he didn't even know what was going on. I mean, one of them was the baby was sick. <laughs> and for four nights, I didn't sleep at all, like at all. Like I was waking up every hour and he had a fever, cough. And then by the fourth day, I snapped at my husband and I'm glad that he loves me and he understood. And, and, and then I was, I, the Lord convicted me that I was being judgmental. And, um, well, one of the things that I would, that I kind of, you know, disagree or sometimes talk to my husband is about, is about music. Um, with music, the reason why I, I kind of question it or is because when I was young, I remember some music that I was listening to that was not right. And for me, um, it would mess with my mind and with my emotions and it would skew my thinking. Um, depending on what I was listening to. I wasn't listening things to things that I shouldn't have. It could have just been, you know, um, from country, like, you know, maybe someone's bitter, or, or you know, I did listen to hip-hop, but, you know, some of it could be okay and some of it was not okay, uh, or R&B or romantic music that makes you think that this is real love, anything. Um, 
um, I was listening to. And I didn't, when I, as I had my kids, I didn't want my kids to go through that. I didn't want them to, you know, believe this music as if that's how it is, you know, and don't understand. Because sometimes we don't understand it's just entertainment, but, you know, it can make us um, doubt in us or what's right or wrong. Um, but my husband is a musician, and he has amazing taste in music. Like, he really does. It's one of the things I love about him. And it could be just instrumental, um, even though it's secular music. It's not, you know, things that are bad for my children to hear. But he does have amazing taste in music. But then I was kind of going through a phase where I just wanted everyone to listen worship music and that's it. Nothing out of, you know, that. Because, you know, I was, you know, I did. I had concerns for my children and for my family. But my husband, lovingly, you know, we would talk to each other, and he'd say, well, you know, what about this and this artist? Isn't it amazing how they use their bass and their guitar, and he'll go on in the drums, they all sink in, and I'm not a musician, I don't have musician ears, so I don't understand, but I understand where he's coming from. So, so when I started putting, um, when I started putting um, this standard, on my husband, that we should only do Christian music, I became the weaker sister because um, I was kind of trying to argue my way or trying to change his mind about doubtful things. And, um, and I should have just prayed about it and let the Lord convict him if that's, you know, if that was meant for our change in our family. Um, but the Lord convicted me not to argue or give my husband a guilt trip. He is my my brother in Christ as well. You know, I don't know if there's things that may be in your family or between you and your husband, and your husband is adamant or you're adamant about it. But we have to, you know, pray and search, Lord, what do you think about this subject? And um, will it lead my family astray? You know, with the alcohol, I, I didn't grow up in... Um, in an addiction home, like my, I never saw my dad even drink one beer, you know, but for my husband, he, there is like addiction and alcohol in his family. And so I've talked to him about, you know, that because of the kids, you know, I don't know if they might one day, um, be, I guess, prone to that, right? Because, you know, there's addiction in the family. And so those are things that I think we need to discuss, or, um, like I said, with me, I, with music, I was very sensitive to music. How do I know that my children will not be sensitive to music, you know? And, and these are things that we talk about. But one thing that we do agree is that we need to guard what we allow when it comes to anything, whether it be shows, TV, movies, music. And it's, I feel like in our family right now, we're in a stage where we're learning and teaching our children to guard their heart, guard their minds, um, guard their eyes, because the enemy go, you know, uses music, uses movies, uses all these things to trap us. So, but at the same time, I can't, it's not an excuse for me to judge or, or make them feel bad. Um, when um, my husband um, loves Christian music and worship and um, secular music, that does not disqualify him because he listens to secular worship music. And it doesn't make me more qualified just because I prefer worship Christian music. So for the gray areas, we are not to disqualify others because of these gray areas that are not Bible-specific. 
Um, as good Christians, we disagree on liberties, okay? Um, like on jeans and dresses, um, or in what we wear. Um, Paul is saying, accept the weaker brother, which is the Christian that has to, to not do this and do this list. Like, you know, accept him even though they have his don't do this or do that list. Accept the one that is religious, except the one that is new to the faith, um, the one who is looking down on others. Don't engage in controversy. Just love and understand that they are the weaker brother and sister. And um, sometimes um, it is hard to understand that the things that we need to concentrate on are on our salvation and the salvation of others and their heart issue. I remember when I was doing the girls' Bible study, um, we were talking about the things that I was teaching and the lady, good Christian, years of Christian, um, years of, you know, and I admire her so much still, still to this day, but she told me, well, are you going to correct them on them wearing black? She told me <laughs> and leaving in wearing black. Some of the girls would wear black. And I thought right there real quick, I thought, no, you know, I'm more concerned in their heart issue, you know, like where they love the Lord. And I'm praying that the Lord will convict them in the things that they need to change, you know, because, yeah, maybe we're all black, okay, and I understand, but I was more worried about their growth in Christ, their growth in the word, their love for the Lord, and all those things, um, you know, the Lord works out in his own, um, for them in his timing. For God has accepted them. God is not concerned about most of the things we discuss endlessly. He, endlessly. He is concerned about people being saved, brought into the kingdom, walking in the spirit, growing in grace. And I see that I'm running out of time, and I'm only on Romans 14.5. <laughs> so, um, Matthew 7.1, we are not to judge others. Um, this is a strong admonition in Lauren. We need to take a step back and understand that those who are born again in Christ will answer for the things just like we have done on this earth. And also, I feel like we need to trust the Lord to convict our brothers and sisters on those certain things. We do. We need to like just take a t- step back, be there for them. Let's not disqualify them. Let's not say, I'm not going to talk to her anymore because she thinks it's okay to watch that mo- movie. You know, that's... <laughs> Or things, you know, and how many times have we been hurt, you know, in the church, you know, and, and those are things how we can not allow those things. The enemy is, wants division all the time. And especially with the things going on in this world and last week, oh, it's so heartbreaking, you know, the chemical, um, whatever, yes, the chemicals and then the bombing in the churches and then yesterday, you know, with the kid um, passing away and the and the lady and the shooting, we need to be together right now in prayer. You know, those little things they don't matter. They, I mean, they really don't. Um, salvation, people's um, um, knowing the Lord, the love of Christ, those are the things that matter. Um, now, when it, one person esteems one day above the other, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convicted in his own mind. Romans fourteen five. Each, um, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for it gives thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. Um, So both are right in their choosing, for it is to honor the Lord, giving thanks and desire to honoring God, living for Christ. They're thanking him, and um, every day is a day to worship the Lord, every single day. And um, um, Romans fourteen seven nine, 
For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he may be Lord of both the dead and the living. Um, when when it says, for none of us lives to, lives to himself, no one dies. No one dies to himself. For we live, we live to the Lord. I feel like, um, like I talked about grayer areas, but there are black and white areas like stealing, adultery, drunkenness, lying, all those things that we know that the Lord um, has said against us. We need to go alongside of our brother and sister and help them and pray for them. Imagine if um, I ended up talking to somebody and I, and I said, well, I don't think this and that, like a gray area or video games. And I made them feel bad because maybe they're, they let their kids watch that video game. But what if something later on in their road, they're stum- you know, they stumble or they're caught up in sin? Like what if they're an addiction and they won't come to me anymore because I judge them on a video game? I rather them I rather not care about those gray areas and care about the black and white areas and if they are sinning that they can come to me comfortably knowing that I will not judge them but I will be there for them and pray alongside them. So um but why so okay 14 10 to 12 but why do you judge your brother or why do you judge Show contempt for your brother, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. We don't need to judge. It is not in our place. We should never be so quick to write people off in doubtful things. Um, Where the scriptures are not talking about, so quick to say they are doing this, and we shouldn't be quick to just, um, you know, drop our, our friendship or drop our sisters and brother, we can also be the example in our convictions. If you're convicted in a certain gray area or a certain doubtful thing, it is through God's kindness that leads us to repentance and thinking of others always, loving unconditionally. Our convictions, our good, our examples can be contagious when done in love because we have taken that time. That friend, that loved one, for example, might not smoke that cigarette anymore, you know, and within time or, you know, um, or anything else that we kind of have dispute about or can agree on. In our example, they might say, you know what, maybe it isn't good that I, you know, watch that TV show. Um, maybe it isn't good that, you know, I'm reading those books, right? Um, trusting the Lord that he will speak to others as he has done with us because um, we are all his beloved and they are their beloved. And... Um, and like from the study, it says one Christian is not above another and therefore has no right to sit in judgment. All are accountable to Christ. The judge, he has been given the authority to judge all the earth. Christ will return and everyone's life will be evaluated. Though a believer standing for eternity insecure, um, our sins have been washed away. But we will each um, give an answer for how we have handled what has been entrusted in us. Our gifts, our talents, responsibilities and opportunities to share his love. Have we used everything that God has given us, our gifts, um, to glorify him, to serve him, to serve each other, to love each other, and to build up the church? Um, so the next chapter, I know I'm trying to go real fast. <laughs> um, the next one, um, I felt like the last part of chapter 14 is live for love. Do not cause, cause another to stumble. 
Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. But what you eat, do not destroy the one from whom Christ died. So let's say that back the Christians that they were dealing with, you know, one was very grieved of not eating meat. And yet if you're so, yeah, I can eat meat and it doesn't matter. I'm going to eat meat in front of you. That's not love. You know, as love, as a loving Christian, we need to respect that they didn't, you know, want to eat meat. Because that, that's not even, that doesn't matter. What matters is that you're showing love, that you're willing to sacrifice for your brother and sister. You're willing to sacrifice your liberties. Um, so you can have union with your brother and sister. And, um, but at the same time, you know, no judgment because they eat meat. But, you know, it's kind of like a balance. And that's what I learned. It's, a, it's, it really is a balance. Um, that yet, just like Christ sacrificed for us, you know, we should make sacrifices for the body too. Um, an obstacle. What is a stumbling block? Anything that leads to sin. Our liberty should be to live in love with others. We need to respect each other and what we feel is unclean or not clean. You know, those gray areas where God, um, you know, isn't very specific about. Um, so do not let what you regard as good be spoken as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the, in the spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual um, building, um, upbuilding. To edify each other. Let's focus on being there for our brother and sister instead. Let's focus on sharing scripture when we're down or we're going through something. Um, let's focus on um, praying for each other. Let's focus on, but yet also there are times where we have to pray and speak the truth, right? Especially with sin because not, we should never, you know, sometimes when we have grown up in, in the church and we've been Christians for a long time, we, I know I have been guilty of saying, well, you should know this already in my mind, you know, and I might speak like that to somebody. We have to come at a, a way like in love unconditional not who cares about my opinions right i care more about the sin that is hurting my brother or sister that's what i care about most and i care more about their walk with the lord and we can walk together even though we're in different um like i said spiritual maturity that's the concern and they should always come out of love and in prayer you know always in prayer um do not for the sake of food destroy the word of god the work of god so God is working in all of us differently in different ways and working within the church, building us up. So these things should not destroy the work of God because people might, you know, I mean, I know that some are can get offended, but um, we, we need to make sure that we don't hurt anybody. Um, not saying that sometimes the truth doesn't hurt, but uh, again, not that we're we're saying it in a uprighty way. I, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I have said that with my husband. I have, like, you know. So I'm guilty of it, totally. Um, everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble but what he eats or any of these things. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God, blesses, 
Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he, if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. But whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if you are convicted and, you know, um, and you have doubts, then it is, it is a sin for you because it is not glorifying God. And so basically, and if it's okay with you, then make sure that you give thanks to the Lord. You know, it's not a sin to be thankful. But um, um, it, it is right to be thankful in everything we have. And um, and it says, and it, let's say you're a, you're a meat eater, <laughs> and you know that your brother's stumbling because you're eating meat or anything else. Um, make sure that you keep it between yourself and God. You don't have to, like, go out of your way to make them try to convince them your way because then that's a sin. So, and you make them stumble for over things that are not really that important. So, don't stumble or offend others because of their liberties or legalism. We are to walk in love. When we walk in love, it keeps us from judging. And it keeps us from abusing our liberties as well. Walking together, not tripping or stumbling our brothers. We are take, we need to just take care of each other right now. The enemy is attacking, attacking, attacking. Um, so much. Um, we're blessed what our church, the love that we have. We're so blessed with what we have. And then I see others, you know, in other countries, all the things that are happening. Like if you follow Victor Marx, those are heartbreaking things. Our Christians are being um, just, you know, being persecuted and murdered and their children. I mean, we just need to take care of each other in prayer and be there for each other. Um, concentrate on ask God what is his will and that we would all be together in his will and um, too much going on in this world we need to be oh no time for bickering no time for bickering (laughs) so but I think it's important one thing that I've learned like I was blessed when you talked about how the Lord had changed your view on drinking wine you know and I since then I have been praying Lord help me with when I'm about to yell at my kids when they're driving me crazy Lord convict me I just want to go to my room you know and that's the things that I've been struggling with right now um or you know not being judgmental towards my family and um just giving it all to the Lord and um always helping me um to um take take a step back and chill <laughs> And um, try to understand, and even when I don't understand, but just focus on the things above and focus on love and focusing on sacrificing. Um, One thing that I did want to share is how, um, before I close, um, okay, so we need to live to the Lord and die to ourselves. We are the Lord's, whether we are like, like Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. You know, we know that we have those freedoms in Christ, right? We do have liberties. Um, but there are also, but also, like he said, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow him. We can glorify him by living it up to for the Lord and giving it up for the Lord. We can we can glorify in all things. May we not judge too harshly or abuse our li- liberties against each other. Okay, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I I pray that whatever was not from you, <laughs> 
I pray that the ladies don't remember, Lord. But I, I thank you for this message, Father, that we would be in love, um, that we would um, build each other up um, to be edifying, to glorify you, Father, um, that we would be a church, a family, um, Lord, and to work together for your will. May we be, um, may you give us discernment. May you give us wisdom, what your will is for us. Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you in your name, Jesus Christ, we pray.